Welcome back, guys. It is Encounter with God time here on Faith FM, and we have a winner for our double prizes this morning. Isn't it so exciting? I just feel like I personally have achieved something. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so thankful to Brad from Dorigo. Good job. Excellent. Excellent. So he didn't get tripped up with the clue, and I know we're not supposed to, but I just have to give you this next clue just because I... A little salt in the yeah, wind. I've got, I've got, I've got a sneaking suspicion that I got thrown a curveball. So you'll recall that clue number three was Jesus' second miracle. Yes. Clue number four is Jesus', Jesus first, first miracle. miracle. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, uh, see, nobody. I mean, who knows what Jesus did? Did the caller? Did the caller actually know what Jesus second? Does anybody know what Jesus' second miracle was? Yeah, second place doesn't sort of count, does it? I don't know. I don't know why we don't know, but I have to. Yeah, I was thinking like you I know, need this, to this, answer this question. It's the it's the gold medal, not the silver, that people take notice of. <laughs> and Cana gets the gold medal for being the place where the first miracle took place. And I'm sorry, but Brad I gets the gold medal today, and you get the silver medal. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's a humdinger of a quiz clue right there. <laughs> I got thrown a curveball. Very good. Good fun. Okay. Um, some of you are wondering about the small group interactive Bible study that we have on Saturday mornings as a replacement for the challenge that people have had been going to church during the COVID crisis. Uh, we do need to let you know that now churches are opening back up. Both Matt and myself are back out and about and preaching in churches on a regular basis. And not only that, but other people who might have the opportunity to run that particular um, small group interactive Bible study, well, they're also out and about preaching and taking um, Bible studies and so forth now with the with the COVID crisis being over. And so very, very sadly, we won't be joining you this Saturday morning. So that's kind of our... Our big announcement, we have certainly, Matt and I, and uh, the others who have been involved, Lawson's been involved, have really, really, really enjoyed the time there on Saturday mornings um, as we've been able to get together and study the Word of God together. It's been a highlight of our week. But now we're out to go preach to people that we can actually see, which is going to be kind of interesting. We're all out of practice at that. (laughs) We've all honed and perfected our online skills. Well, now it's... Time to get back into the face-to-face skills, and let's hope and pray that it remains that way. Okay, so Bible study for today, we are talking about... Oh, wait a minute. Before we get into our Bible study today, we've had an answer for the quiz. We haven't started our next one yet. What's our next one? Time for another clue, another quiz. All righty. Let's, let's do two of them today. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Zariah, David's sister, is my mother... And Abishai and Ashel are my brothers. Uh, so easy one. Easy, 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 easy. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> my, my ego is restored. <laughs> oh, there's not room in, for me in here again. <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, so there is a prize. What was the prize again that we're getting today? Um, a devotional book. Ah, that's right. I think it's called Presence. No. Devotional book for women. It was a devotional book for women. Yes, indeed. But it was called Breathe. Oh, that's why. Because it's spending time in God's presence. Super relevant uh, 
good choice from our producer today, super relevant to our Bible study. Yeah, definitely. Our 20 million movement Bible study uh, when we're talking about busy lives, hustle and bustle. Now, you don't have that, do you, Angela? You just sort of have a very relaxed uh, kickback. And yeah. Your whole life has been like that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, just, you know, and, and my, I'm a teacher, and this is my summer, you know, in America. And I, oh, teachers, uh, teachers don't work during the school holidays. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> teachers have all of this time buster. off. You know, teachers, teachers, what, teachers finish work at like 2.30 in the afternoon. Oh, ex- exactly. Yeah, I, I always am home by, you know, 6, 6.30 and I'm, you know, still have stuff to do. But, you know, yeah, teachers life for me. And now I get up at 5.04 and volunteer at the um, radio station and then go over to RTM and volunteer there and I get home at 5. It's a... It's a quiet life. So that's, yeah, a quiet life. It's just a, it's just a, a mild 12-hour day. Yes. Um, blessed. Very okay, blessed. Okay, by the way, by the way, we've, uh, we have, have, do have a note here that the second miracle in Cana um, was the healing of a boy from a distance. So Jesus wasn't even there when it happened, which is why we often don't think of it as being a miracle that took place in Cana. Because it took place, well, you could argue it took place somewhere else, but it happened in Cana, so you can't, you can't argue with that. Okay, so there you go. That was the second, the second miracle in Cana, just in case you're wondering. Uh, thank you to our producer for pulling that up for us. Okay, so we were having a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek talk about Angela's very relaxed and easygoing <laughs> life where she kind of does nothing and how easy teachers have it. And I expect that I'm getting a whole bunch of teachers right across uh, Australia right now that are getting very, very mad at Lyle. Like, no, <laughs> we work hard. I think this is vengeance on like childhood trauma in the classroom that you think that the teachers put on you, but you were just one of those difficult students, you know? And so you think, you we think, love those kind of students. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes those are my absolute favorite. It's the, you don't have favorites, but I have to tell you, sometimes those ones are the most fun. And, you know, I think here in this studio as you've struggled to get some questions right today maybe you just have a vengeance on the teachers <laughs> a subconscious this is the subconsciousness the subconscious lyle coming through here and yes. just like let's just take it out on teachers um i think you would have found me to be a very enjoyable student oh really i've just suddenly realized that i always felt bad about my time at school and what i did to my teachers now i'm thinking you know what i just i just gave my teachers meaning Oh, that is called justification <laughs> and not the point of our Bible study. But maybe the point of our Bible study is if you're quiet in the presence of the Lord, he will gently, gently change your heart to a heart of flesh. <laughs> yes. Something that, unfortunately, I definitely did need while I was in school. Okay, so uh, to put this in a little bit of context, I just want to give a huge shout out to all teachers this morning um, because we do know that you guys often work 12-hour days or more and it is massively appreciated. There is nothing more powerful in the world than education. Education is the single most powerful force that there is on our planet. Yes. Change the education of a society, and in one generation you change the society. Mm-hmm. That's how powerful education is. There is a reason that the Jesuits have focused their attention on education. You know, other people focus like you know, political power or financial power or whatever it be. They're looking in the wrong place. Yes. Anyway, let's go to our, uh, our verses for today. Let's start in Psalms 37 and verse 7. Psalms 37 and verse 7, if you could uh, 
read that one for us, Angela. All right, definitely one of my favorites. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Okay, so what does the Bible say that we should do here? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. Right. So, um, how practical is that in today's world? And is it becoming less practical than what it used to be in the past? Oh, it's extremely impractical. We, like we talked about a couple of days ago, we don't sit ever. And so to learn to sit and do your devotions in a different way. I think oftentimes devotions and daily time with God turns into a checkbox and you're like, okay, I read what I need to read, read, sorry, to keep on my daily reading plan. And we forget that sometimes the most meaningful time with God is the time where you're just quiet and you're letting him talk to you instead of you talk to him. Let's talk about Elijah for a moment. Elijah had a very noisy, eventful day on top of Mount Carmel. Mm-hmm. That was just packed with noise and action. There were, you know, priests that were dancing and yelling and doing incantations all day long. Then there was fire that fell from heaven. And then there was a massive storm that came in with thunder and lightning and rain. And then he had a warning to run for his life from Jezebel. And he runs for his life. And then he ends up out in the wilderness in a cave. And when does God speak to him? Do you remember the story? Yeah. Yeah, he runs for 40 days. And then he's in the cave and he's just so so feeling sorry for himself. And there's several large things that happen, an earthquake, a great wind. But God is in none of those. He's in a still, small voice. Okay, so if God is in a still, small voice, what do we need to do to hear it? You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And really, that is the big question. How do we hear the voice of God? Yeah, that's an extremely difficult question. You know, as I worked with teenagers, um, it was the, their heart question. Because if you think about it, communication is relationship. And two-way communication is relationship. When you feel like you're only having a one-way communication, it doesn't feel like a friendship or a relationship anymore at any level. And so often when I was working with my teens, um, they were just like, I just, I just don't feel God. I don't hear God. I try to spend time in the Bible. I sit and I pray, but it just feels like nothing. It's just going through the motions. And so you're asking a question that I think all of us have struggled with, um, and not just once. Often I think that it's a struggle that you keep going through. When you look at people that are you know, abusing substance and so forth, it is typically the result of trauma. They're trying to drown out trauma. They're trying to forget. What I see happening in our world at the moment is that our world is actually designed to direct us to those things that we... It's, it's almost like our world has been custom designed to direct us to those things that will be most destructive to us. Hmm. And so when trauma happens, people try and medicate it through, you know, various substances that they abuse. And in an effort to drown out, you know, the noise of that trauma. But I don't think that substance abuse is the only place where we drown out the trauma that is in our lives. Because, of course, the substance abuse just creates more trauma and it creates Mm -hmm. a vicious cycle 
of trauma. One of the other ways that I see is our addiction to sound. That's true. We love having music all the time or some kind of background noise. I very often hear from lots of my friends that they'll be at home and they don't even want to watch the TV, but they like to have the background noise of the TV. Yeah. I, I know very, very few people who have no problem sitting in silence. I actually recently started driving, actually last year, the whole time I was driving from Tennessee back home up to Michigan, it's like an eight, nine hour drive. Um, I would listen to nothing, no radio. I, I just didn't like it. I don't know. I got to the point where I literally was fine driving nine hours in complete silence. And you can have some great communion with God doing just exactly that. I have, you know, I can totally relate to that because sometimes my life becomes so busy and so hectic and so much hustle and bustle and it's just driving me nuts. And I've got the speaking appointment at the other end of uh, the state or the other end of Australia or somewhere and I've got this big road trip ahead of me and I'm doing that road trip on my own. Yeah, the person doesn't typically enjoy a road trip just trundling up the freeway. It's, you know, a pretty boring road to drive on. There's, you know, not much there that is interesting. It's a road that you've driven, you know, a thousand times before, so you've seen everything that there is to see. But I find myself actually looking forward to just some time, a big chunk of time, where I'm not required to have my head full of noise. Yeah. You know, there's actually residue left um, in your brain from each task that you do in a day. And too often we don't just let the brain kind of like heal um, from all those different tasks. And so you just always building and building and building your brain's just like kind of like if you think of a box full of ping pong balls, just bounce, bounce all over the place. And you just need sometimes a chance for your brain just to recollect itself and let go of that. Okay, that task is done. That task is done. That task is done. Instead of always like, okay, this task, now the next one, now the next one. And we just keep bouncing from task to task, never giving our brains just a chance to be like, oh, okay, I've achieved. <laughs> it's, one of those, it's one of those situations where the noise has, and, and, and well, let me just put it this way. If you feel that this is not real or this is not an issue or this is not something that I can relate to, then here's my challenge for you as a listener today. Turn off the noise for a day. Turn off all of the noisemakers. Now, obviously, you're going to be surrounded by noise. That's the world in which we live. You can't avoid that. But just turn off all the noisemakers. So turn off your radio, turn off your music, turn off your phone, turn off um, your TV, turn off all of that. And just spend a day in silence and just take note how long it takes you before you suddenly start to feel uncomfortable. Mm. And at that point, you will realize that you are dependent on noise and have become addicted to noise and that that is incredibly unhealthy. And the reason that, the reason that Satan has created a noise-filled environment for human beings is because God's voice is heard as a still small voice. Mm -hmm. And we have mastered the art of drowning out the voice of God. So we, we screen our and we block out our trauma by filling our, no our lives with noise. The solution to our trauma is God. Mm -hmm. we, drop, we, we block out our trauma by abusing substances and both the noise and the substances are creating the same vicious circle that is drowning out the voice of God and driving us away from God. 
Yeah, so I think you'll find that when you are silent, sometimes the silence is deafening. All of a sudden, you're confronted with all the thoughts that you've never wanted to explore. You're confronted with the hurts that you haven't dealt with, and you're confronted with the questions that you have left unanswered, and you're also confronted with the reality of a person that you might not like who you've become. And keeping busy is a way to not take that time to self-reflect and say, wait a second, I made a mistake, or I'm overtired, or I can do that better, because it's like, no, just keep going, just keep going. And then the silence in of itself is deafening. Yeah, it's it's powerful stuff here where the Bible says that we need to take time and rest in God. And, you know, I think as I was working with my teens, you know, the thing is relationships take time and relationships take investment and you don't become best friends with anybody overnight. I mean, sure, you have people that you click with right away, but that still doesn't mean there's that trust built and everything that really takes a a true friendship and understanding. And what you don't understand is that God, you expect this level of of depth from him. Like you want to be understood by him. You want to be able to ask hard questions of him, but you don't expect that kind of level of depth of friendship with somebody, anyone else here. But with God, you do. And so it's, it's understanding that it takes time for you to sit and learn how to listen to his voice. You can't just go from, okay, I'm going to turn everything off. And then I expect to be able to understand the language of God. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. I mean, there are occasions definitely where you hear wonderful testimonies of people being like, oh, yes, I know God spoke to me. But there's so many times, nine times out of 10, it's more like, well, I sat and I didn't hear anything. I gave up. God doesn't talk to me. And so often people will, you know, and, and as you say that, that they don't give it that chance that it, you know, it requires or they'll be like, you know, I've tried it and it didn't work for me, so therefore it doesn't exist. And the simple reality is that they don't actually understand that they're never going to hear the voice of God living the lifestyle that they are because they're not allowing any time or space for God to speak to them. So I love acronyms and there's busy and that's bound under Satan's yoke. Oh, 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 burn, major burn right there. And I think it's true. I think that busyness is our way of, and even in the church, right? You can be in the church and have no connection with God because you're just busy running around doing things. And so it's learning. It's desperately needed just to take that time to be still and know that God is God. Let's read Psalms 1. Psalms 1 is a great psalm. Uh, We'll start with the first two verses. Um. There's some really powerful stuff right here. And I think the first, well, particularly verse two is what I want to focus on. Okay. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall... Oh, Oh. there we go. Yeah. Night. (laughs) Okay. So notice what the Bible says in verse two. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Let's talk about meditation then. The Bible obviously speaks about meditation here. Mm-hmm. It's very different from Eastern meditation, but it's talking about meditation. Is meditation something that you can do when there is lots of noise, lots of distraction? Um, you've cut yourself off from um, anything that, any point where you could actually reflect on the pain and the trauma that exists in your life. Um, can meditation take place in an environment like that? Not with so much noise, no. I mean, it definitely takes stepping aside and making an intentional time and blocking out all the distractions, turning off your cell phone, um, 
it takes intentionality to develop um, that time of just being still and hearing from God. Absolutely. We're going to come back in a moment and talk more about meditation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's, we were talking about meditation earlier, and we were talking about how that when you look at our world today, um, transcendental meditation or Eastern meditation has become quite popular. And I believe that one of the reasons why is that people are recognizing that they need freedom from hustle and bustle and noise. Although I do see some people do meditation down on the beach with their um, earplugs in and it's with the you know, music playing. I kind of think, nah, I'm not sure whether that's really within the spirit of how it's supposed to be done. But anyway, the Bible says that meditation is important. Very, very different from Eastern meditation because it doesn't involve emptying the mind. What does the Bible say that we should do uh, here in verse 2 in relationship to meditation? Yeah, meditate specifically on his law. And if you think about what God's law is, sometimes we're like, oh dear, that's a, a list of rules of shoulds and shoulds nots. But his law is love. His law, that's it's right. putting other people first. So really what you're meditating on is putting other people first. God's love. Yes, it's wonderful. And also God's love means that he cares for you, that you have somebody that's a provider, a comforter, a sustainer, and that's what you're thinking about. Absolutely. And this is the kind of meditation that's going to build your connection with God. And and if you really want to have a, a very powerful spiritual experience, this is the kind of meditation that will provide that. Yeah. Um, I often find people who, and I don't like to be critical, but hey, I find lots of people who do um, Eastern meditation and their whole life they're searching. If you want that search to be over, if you've got too many questions, not enough answers, then this is where you're going to find the answers to those questions. Let's go to Psalms chapter 46. Psalms 46. We're going to look at a whole bunch of Psalms here today, so I'm super excited about that. And verse 10 of Psalms 46 and verse 10. All right. Psalms 46. Verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Okay, so what is what is uh, the psalmist telling us to do here? To be still. Okay, that's where it starts, doesn't it? Be still and then what? And then know. That I am God. Yes. Okay, so look at it, our world today. We have this rising skepticism in our world today. We have this rising movement of people who are just like super skeptical and don't know God. You know, if we go back 100 years, 200 years, did we have that level of skepticism in our world? No, you'd find that the common mainstream people believed in God and talked about it quite freely. Did we have as much noise back then? Definitely not. Were human beings, are human beings more intelligent today? Oh, <laughs> um, I would have to say no, simply because we just rely on technology to tell us things. You know, back before I'd make a list or I remember in my brain what I have to do now, I have 10 alarms going off in my phone to tell me even when to <clears throat> take a pill. Yeah, absolutely, because we just we, we switch our brains off and let the technology do it for us. In the past, human beings were, you know, IQ has not changed yeah, interesting also on that same line that you're asking is the fact that as a teacher, we're being taught no longer for kids to actually know the facts, but how to get to the facts. 
because they don't need to know them anymore. They can just Google them. And it used to be you would learn all the things. Well, now there's so much to learn because they're so aware of even this bigger field of knowledge. They're like, oh, it's just too overwhelming. So let's just teach them how to, how to find everything instead of just knowing some basic things. So rather than knowing mathematics, you teach them how to use a calculator. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Definitely, <laughs> it's I insane, I will not let my kids have a calculator until they can do the multiplication tables. And actually, I don't really want them to have a calculator until they're um, having to do it, like in algebra. Yep. I'm in ninth grade. I think that seventh and eighth grade doing long division, multiplication, addition, subtraction. When I student taught, I took away their calculators. And at first, they hated me and wanted their real teacher back. But at the end, they thanked <laughs> me because they could do things they never could have done before. Okay, who votes that uh, Angela become <laughs> Education Minister for Australia? Yeah, we've all got our hands up right here at this time. I think you would do a great job right there. This is the kind of education we need to have because it is, um, you know, we, we say that, well, you've always got a calculator in your pocket these days. Well, you kind of, you, you kind of actually don't because mm-hmm. sometimes you drop it and then it dies. Well, also just basic facts. Like we don't realize how often throughout the day we do multiplication and things and addition and to figure out things. So I think it's super important. But going back to um, spending time with quiet with God in order to understand his voice, one of the exercises I love to do with my little ones when I was teaching elementary school was called a sit spot. So what I would do is I'd give them their journals and um, on the bottom part we'd write their Bible verses and the top part was blank. And I'd have them go sit in their sit spots. And at first, you know, they're six, seven, eight-year-olds. Five minutes is a really long time just to sit. But eventually they loved it. And I took away their journals and just had them sit, just sit in their sit spot. And they just learned to sit and watch things around them and be perfectly fine. At first, they'd come back over to me, Miss, Miss Boothby, how long do I have to sit here? Oh, we'll see, Timmy, we'll see. But eventually, it got to the point where I'd be like, okay, guys, time to come in. And they never had come to ask me if they could leave their sit spots. And they just learned how to sit. And it was a gradual thing, which I think is a good lesson for us in the fact that start out small. Go out somewhere in nature and just sit for 10 minutes. Next time, 15 30 before you know you're going to crave that hour of just sitting and you're definitely going to hear god's voice in his creation man this bible study today was just custom designed for you angela (laughs) uh psalms 62 verse 1 2 and 5 is our next passage so we'll start with verses 1 and 2 so psalm 62 verses 1 and 2 so this is one of my favorites Truly my soul silently waits for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. And then verse 5, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him Okay, is that a Psalm of David? I think it's a Psalm of David, isn't that one? It is. And you know, um, I love to get lessons from nature. That's how God communicates with me. And so what I do is I see something in nature and I say, Lord, what can I learn about you? Or when I see this, I want to be reminded of you. So every time I see a bird or a tree, I want a Bible promise to come to my brain. Well, this is the one that comes every time I see a mountain. And I say, Lord, you are my rock and you are my salvation. Every time I see a, a mountain, that's what I say and that I will not be moved, and my soul waits silently for God alone. Wow, powerful stuff right there. Um, And let's all, as we go through today, let's take some silent time. Just take some silent time, see how long you can go for. I know I can go for a long time with silent time. I could probably overdo that one, but just try it for yourself. Definitely. And the verse that I, I missed this morning is Isaiah 50, verse 4. And it says, The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. 